the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, everybody. We hope you're having a great holiday. Your pals here at Ridiculous History are uh, vacating just a bit. Uh, and uh, while we do, we didn't want to leave you hanging, so we thought we'd we'd share some of our favorite classic episodes for the very last week of the year. Indeed. Starting off with uh, one of our earliest episodes, it'll be kind of fun for us to check this one out, too, oh, yeah. and see how we did. Uh, I think it'll be fun for all of us. This one is about uh, Winston Churchill's quest to um, kill Nazis in some pretty ridiculous ways. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, the show. My name is Ben. My name is Noel Noel. No, wait, what are we doing here? What is I, this? I just thought it was a cool cadence for Ridiculous History. Oh, I see what you did there. You said the name of the show mm-hmm. so people know what they're listening to. Yes, yes. For everyone who is in such a rush to hear the latest episode that they haven't bothered to read the title and aren't sure what show they're listening to, you are in the right place. And write in. Let us know. Should we do an entire show, a rhyming show, where we're just like the whole thing rhymes? I think, I don't know if we have the bandwidth to pull that off, Ben. I bet we could pull it off, though, Noel. We would just have to take it slow at first and eventually accept that some rhymes will be better and some will be worse. You know what? That's a good way to approach life. (laughs) It is true indeed. It is true indeed. This is, of course, the show where we look at all the strange, fascinating, at times silly, and often ridiculous stories of yesteryear. And this one that, that you found was completely new information to me. I had no idea. And Noel and I have talked about, oh, and also uh, shout out to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Hey, Casey. We got a thumbs up. He's in a good mood today. Uh, Noel and I have talked often about these strange cockamamie assassination attempts that sound like there's something out of uh, Naked Gun. You mean just like in our spare time? (laughs) 
<laughs> it comes up. It comes. What is spare time? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I love the Naked Gun movies. Um, what I always think about is all of the kind of uh, James Bond-esque devices that were already so ridiculous. They barely needed to be satirized, but uh, the Naked Gun always managed to kind of take it to uh, another level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the truth of the matter is that in decades past, Uh, with the emergence of modern intelligence agencies or their precursors from, let's say, call it after World War I through World War II and on and on to the present day, uh, we saw this rise in very, what should we call them, out-of-the-box plans to assassinate world leaders. Probably one of the most famous examples for this for most people, it would be uh, the CIA's plans and their various attempts to either humiliate, undermine, or assassinate Fidel Castro. You know, like what are some of the weird things they tried there? Yeah, I mean, the one you think of as like practically a prank uh, that you would play on, you know, an unsuspecting uh, uh, friend who smokes lots of cigars. The old exploding cigar trick. You think about it from like Looney Tunes and stuff. <laughs> and I always thought of it as, you know, like a little haha. But no, if there was like thermite in that thing, it'd, it'd take your head off. Right. And what we found was that Fidel Castro and the CIA are not unique entirely. And what you introduced me to is today's topic, a very strange story about former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill. And it's cool because there's actually a, a biopic coming out about Churchill uh, with the uh, absurdly talented Gary Oldman portraying um, Mr. Churchill. So Churchill was one of the first European leaders that was vehemently opposed to Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. I mean, it sounds like kind of like a no-brainer, but it was, there. you know, there was sort of a, uh, I don't know, not a don't ask, don't tell policy, but kind of like a <laughs> let's see what happens kind of policy. Right, and right, Churchill, right. you know, really took up the mantle of this is a humanitarian crisis. This is an issue of um, good versus evil and sort of framed the UK as being on the good side. Um, his broadcasts really boosted the, the nation, the, the whole mindset of the nation, um, and who were pretty freaked out by what Hitler would be capable of. And as a result, Hitler and his, you know, goon squad there we go. uh, really, really wanted to put an end to this man. Eh, but how, how, do you, how do you do a thing like that? I mean, Churchill was incredibly insulated. You know, he, as you know, any leader of a nation is constantly under surveillance, kept under lock and key, you know. How are they going to reach a guy like that? Right. One of the most protected non-royal family members in the in the kingdom. In yeah, the but he was actually, like, working, you know. You'd think they would protect him more. they just kind of prop up the <laughs> queen and, you know, and kind of trundle her out during, uh, you know, events. <laughs> Smile and wave. Oh, boy. Uh, so in 2012, we finally learned what they were planning, and oh, buddy, is it weird. Yeah, this is not a thing that was like super common knowledge until a uh, letter, or a few letters, a, hand, a parcel of letters, shall we say, was unearthed um, bearing a, a secret stamp. 
It's a little, little on the nose, isn't it? You just like <laughs> don't look at this; it's secret. Shh. Hey, okay, that's, I'm, I'm going to open that right on up. Uh, and it, the letter was um, commissioned by a uh, a Lord Victor Rothschild, um, who was an MI5 senior intelligence chief. Now, Ben, is this the Rothschild of the Rothschild Rothschilds? That was a mouthful. Yeah, related to uh, for sure. Big, powerful family mm-hmm. uh, from from the UK far reaching political control and even to this day uh influence over the banking system of the UK and politics correct mm-hmm. financial clout for sure lord victor rothschild during peacetime was a scientist and a key member of the rothschild banking dynasty when he wrote, so he wrote this letter to a talented illustrator that he was aware of, named Lawrence Fish. Such a good British name. Mm-hmm. And in, on May 4th, 1943, Lord Victor Rothschild uh, wrote to Mr. Fish and asked him to draw poster-sized images of a particular type of chocolate for the purposes of warning the public to be on the lookout. A nice chalky. <laughs> You ever seen that episode of Monty Python where they have the – there's a candy company that has an assortment and they're all really unpleasant. Like one of them, it's called like the the nougat surprise. And then as you bite into it, it shoots out bolts through either <laughs> cheek, piercing them from the inside. And there's one that's the crunchy frog that is, has, a, has a, an actual tiny uh, amphibian inside of it. And the crunch comes from the crunch of its bones. Uh, this particular device would be quite at home in that assortment because one – of the devices that was sketched out by Mr. Fish was a chocolate bar containing a layer within that when snapped would explode. That's right. You see, Lord Victor Rothschild had received word of a possible Nazi plot to kill Winston Churchill by smuggling this chocolate into the war cabinet's dining room. And this war cabinet here is a group of people. It's not a specific cabinet. I just now I'm picturing Winston Churchill getting up at three in the morning in his skivvies and then walking to the war cabinet to get chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he had some fine, fine silk pajamas. Oh, that's certain of it. You're probably right, Noel. You're probably right. The uh, treat in question, this chocolate bar, uh, was finally wrapped in black and gold paper and labeled uh, Peter's Chocolate. And here's the thing. It wouldn't have aroused suspicion, at least the Nazis hoped, because it wasn't a fake chocolate bar. It was actually chocolate. And they put a lot of thought into this. Right. According to a British spy who actually firsthand got a look at this uh, exploding delicacy, um, he was able to draw the first artist's rendering of it. And what it was was a steel plate, a very thin steel plate covered by a thin layer of dark chocolate. And as I said before, when the chocolate bar was broken along those those nice uh, square lines where you can get you a little piece, you sure. know, snap. You want to snap it because it's tempered chocolate. We'll get into that in a second. Um, that would detonate the device. Only then, that is when there was a canvas strap that connected to the explosive inside. And only once you broke it could you actually see it. It had a seven-second delay following that uh, very satisfying snap and apparently was a powerful enough explosive 
that the effects could be felt for uh, several meters in all directions. Right. And this was uh, a high-powered explosive. Yeah. And in all the research uh, about this, I couldn't find specific mention of the type of explosive used. But in this uh, cache of drawings uncovered from Mr. Fish, there there were multiple drawings yes, of, of various devices. Exactly. One of which looked sort of a military issue crockpot, I guess, um, where there was a false bottom and it had uh, like, a, you know, peas and bangers and mash kind of dish on the inside. And it looks like it used thermite, which, Ben, uh, you can probably speak to this is a pretty powerful substance that can burn through steel and when ignited properly and used in a certain way can cause some serious carnage. Yeah, thermite is a composition of metal powder that could be a fuel, a metal oxide. The thing with thermite is when you ignite it with heat, it undergoes a pretty intense exothermic reduction, oxidation, or redox, mm. if you want to be cool with the oh, I do. Uh, the explosive crew, uh, <laughs> a redox reaction. And most varieties of this stuff are not explosive. They just create brief bursts of heat and high temperature in a small area. But you can make it explosive, uh, and that's what you'll see. They, that's how you can make, like, uh, thermite hand grenades and stuff like that. So it, it can be weaponized. And I guess because we're dealing with such a thin um, and small item, like I said, even though I didn't see specific mention of thermite in the chocolate bar drawing, it was in some of the other uh, drawings in this cache of, of, of illustration. So um, let us know if you've heard anything beyond um, this speculation. But uh, the point is this could really do some serious damage, especially if you're holding it close to your face. It would, you know, cause a blast that would, uh, you know, could, of course, kill you. Right. And this chocolate bar, in in our, our opinion, was one of the strangest devices, but it was, as, as we had said, one of several. There's the military mess tin, uh, and there are a couple of different diagrams, I believe, of the chocolate, which you can view online. Uh, there's a historian named Nigel West who, in speaking with the BBC, said that he believes Rothschild probably paid out of pocket for these diagrams. Uh, this, j- just for context with Lord Victor Rothschild, it's not like he was hard up for the scratch Mm-mm. or the cheddar. But he was a good uh, a good citizen. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, a very, what's the word, a patriotic individual and wanted to use his wealth um, for the greater good. And he was, I guess, sort of more of a consultant, I guess, or like a board member of some kind. Yeah, he, just for perspective. Didn't draw a salary. Right, just for perspective, uh, when MI5 was scouting out some offices to locate in Paris, he said, you guys, just use one of my mansions. Mm, I got a few. Yeah, you got, you got Kick, Kicking around. Totally yeah. use the Paris mansion. <laughs> and so once Fish completed the illustrations and sent them to Rothschild, he liked them so much that he had he had one framed in his home library. Again, this is top secret stuff. And then he put the remaining prints in storage. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, when these letters were found, when this parcel of letters was found in 2012, historians around the world wondered, well, what happened to the illustrations? Because at first, they only found the letters. 
But then super recently, in early September of 2015, um, some of the members of the Rothschild family were sorting through some documents, and they found the drawings. And experts consider them pretty incredible uh, for pre-digital graphics. These are like hand-drawn kind of cross-sections of diagrams of all these different devices. And actually here in the How Stuff Works offices in Atlanta, Georgia, Pond City Market, we have um, a bunch of framed illustrations that are right along these lines. We've got one that shows a gas mask Mm -hmm. in cross-section and all the different layers of that. We have one that shows, I believe, like a a Nerf gun or, or something like that. Super Soaker. Super Soaker, that's what it is. Yeah, But very similar in style and not an easy feat to do accurately by hand, um, especially, you know, in, in, in those days. And we're, yeah, we're huge fans of cutaway diagrams. If you have any really cool ones, please send them to us because we will, we'll just look at them for fun. We literally want to know how stuff works. It's true. And so the chocolate bar drawing in particular was, was seriously compelling mm-hmm. uh, because it really could actually work um, because, you know, people like a nice tasty chocolate treat and the bar was designed to detonate um, using minimal effort from the individual consuming said treat, right? So, like, all you got to do is do that thing you're going to do anyway. Give it a snap. You don't have to do anything special. It won't feel unusually difficult. doesn't have to be any particular uh, line, right? Right. Because the whole thing runs throughout the whole bar, so it could be, like, you know, breaking it in half or just breaking off a little piece. Yeah. And so this kind of strategy— spycraft, espionage, uh, was very common on the German side. They were super into it. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Lawrence Fish, the reason he got hit up for this, he was the son of one of the three MI5 counter-sabotage agents at the time. So there was a family relation there, too. He wasn't, I don't think Rothschild was just, you know, flipping through a magazine and said, ah, this is the guy. Mm. Let me just ask him this weird question. There's another Weird detail I'll add about Churchill at the end, but as as Noel said, uh, they we found these documents quite recently when the Rothschild family were sorting through stuff on the estate in September 2015, and you have to wonder how strange and fascinating that cave of wonders must be. Yeah, look at this uh, trove, treasures untold. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Gadgets and gizmos as a plenty. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's significant, too, that the Germans did not use milk chocolate. They didn't use white chocolate. They used dark chocolate. And that is because of the way chocolate in a chocolate bar, and dark chocolate in particular, has to be tempered. So what's the deal with tempering, Ben? Right. Okay, tempering chocolate is essentially melting it and then stirring it vigorously as it cools. Pastry chefs know all about this. I learned about it pretty recently because my daughter is a big fan of this uh, new pastry uh, cooking show on Netflix called Zumbo's Just Desserts <laughs> and also the the Great British Bake Off where tempering chocolate is hugely important when they're making decorations or things that have to stand up to pressure mm-hmm. or like, you know, chocolate shapes that they then put on cakes or decorate the sides with it because otherwise it will not hold its shape and it will melt all over the place. The same is true for a chocolate bar. In order to be able to hold it and have it be, you know, uh, manipulatable and break on those lines of demarcation, the chocolate has to be tempered correctly. Right. And one of the questions would be, why why temper chocolate? So I propose that we take a page from our good friends, Lauren and Annie, over at our sister show, Food Stuff. And we'll talk uh, just briefly about the food science here. The short answer for why you would want to temper chocolate 
is that chemically, it's composed of several different tiny crystals, six to be exact. Of these six, there are, there's one desirable type, and they're called beta crystals. Developing and forming these crystals is what makes, that's the key to the good chocolate. So the one in comparison would be like a cup of chicken stock. It might seem homogenous, uniform mm-hmm. throughout, but the fat's going to rise to the surface. Sure. And when uh, chocolate is an emulsion, but if you warm and melt it, you break the emulsion. As it cools, cocoa butter rises to the surface, unattractive, but harmless. And sometimes that even makes people throw away the chocolate. We can briefly laundry list the reasons you would you would temper chocolate. Avoid fat and sugar bloom, you know, those white streaks or blotches on the surface. You raise the melting temperature of the finished chocolate so it doesn't melt on contact with your fingers, which would be super awkward if someone's like, hey, what is it? Why is there canvas at this bar? Uh, it preserves, you know, the keeping quality, cools it quickly, and it gives it that classy glossy, shiny. Makes it pretty. Yeah, especially if you're using it like a a pastry chef would use it. And the final, most important thing, not just for pastry chefs, but for (laughs) would-be Nazi assassins, again, would-be Nazi assassins, is that tempering chocolate gives it that capacity for that crisp, clean snap. I had to pop the P for emphasis there. Yeah, it was a good, good, you're a good pee popper. Good thing we got these nice uh, uh, popper stoppers mm-hmm. on our mics here. Um, but yeah, I, don't know, I hope I didn't set it up too much at the top of the show to sound like this was a successful attempt because everyone's like, I don't remember hearing about any exploding chocolate bars and attempts on uh, Winston Churchill's life. Yeah, because it didn't really happen. Um, the, these were beta tests <laughs> at the very best, right? Mm-hmm. These drawings. But my question to you, Ben, is, these drawings were commissioned by the British government based on technology the Nazis may have had. Um, how, how, where, what's the connection there? Reported by a British spy who go. was embedded on the German side. And because of this, this is part of the story that they don't emphasize too much. It's just a funny little detail. So the British spy was actually the first one to draw the diagram. Uh, let's say, I don't want to, I don't want to cast too much aspersion on the guy. But let's say he was stressed and maybe a little distracted with sure. his other stuff. Because apparently the first drawing he made was just garbage. Terrible. Yeah, yeah it was like a dumpster fire of I got candy bar drawings. But then Fish mm-hmm. was past those documents and was able to um, get a little more uh, granular and uh, detailed with it. So I just have this picture in my head of Lord Rothschild reading the messages from the spy and going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, quite, quite. And then going, oh, no, it's a very poor sketch. Well, this won't do one bit. And then, you know, well, who's who has the boy who draws? Someone send, a, someone send a memo to the boy. The boy. I hope he addressed it. Dear the boy. Yes, of course, that's how they referred to uh, their underlings. <laughs> this episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I hope we've done a, a, a pretty good job establishing the worry uh, that they were tackling at this time or that they were addressing because as, well, I hate to overuse the word, Noel, but as ridiculous as it sounds today in 2017, this was a very real concern. This was quite possibly a way to kill the prime minister. Absolutely. And in looking through these uh, these drawings, the thing that, that occurred to me was, you know, think about what happens when we go through airport security now. We got to take out our laptops. There's all kinds of like they have to we, have, we can't have, you know, hair gel or certain types of liquid because the technology now and the um, everyday objects that it could be embedded in are much more complex. These drawings and these devices are very, very analog and very um, just practical and functional. And it required, you know, a physical 
uh, touch to actually detonate, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to being done by remote or being integrated into the circuitry of a phone or a computer or something like that. So this this was cutting edge for the time, right? Sure. Yeah. This stuff, I really appreciate you saying that because this stuff is all mechanical. There's no There's no sort of electronic wizardry or sorcery going on here. We also want to tell you about uh, just a couple of the other items. Noel, I think you mentioned that army mess kit that does look like a crockpot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also had a motor oil can with explosives inside. You know, maybe not, maybe that's a little too on the nose since motor oil is already a dangerous thing around fire. Uh, one of the ideas, going back to the historian Nigel West, that Germany was focusing on was destroying ships that would reach the United Kingdom so they could deprive Britain of foodstuffs. And this would be, you know, this is almost like a siege mentality at that point. And we say this because, sure, killing the prime minister of an enemy country would be a— A setback. Yeah, yeah, to say uh, the least. It's a tremendous coup, right? But if you really want to shut down the entire country— then do something that affects everybody. So they were really focusing on trying to sink or destroy the ships while they were out at sea. And um, according to an article on the BBC that we found from Nick Higgum, the chocolate bar might have been the most bizarre explosive device that they found in these drawings. But the one that was probably potentially the most effective involved a timer, very intricate timer, that would go off after 21 days and involved a rotating disc. And at the top, it says in bold letters, do not unscrew here. And at the very bottom, equally bold, according to this article, unscrew here first. So, you know, (laughs) very important to get those timers right to assure that the ship went down well out of range of any kind of help. Yeah, and devious, right? Ingenious, too. Big time. Uh, and, you know, if we're being objective about it, that's some really impressive engineering. Oh, yeah. we, we do have, I think, a cool place to close here uh, that I think you'll enjoy. And one of these things might be a surprise for you, Noel. You'll be happy to know, friends and neighbors, that Lawrence Fish went on to become quite a successful designer, graphic artist, right? And he had a long and rewarding career. What I probably should have mentioned at the top, and this is going to be the last fact for me regarding this story, is that Winston Churchill himself believed he had another layer of protection in addition to the state security forces, in addition to the power of the United Kingdom's military. You see, Winston Churchill believed that he heard voices And he would obey what those voices told him to do. And he was convinced on several occasions that it had saved his life. And it's a very, it's a very strange kind of Halloween-y anecdote to add there. Uh, He would hear the voices telling him in sort of a bicameral mind thing almost, sit here, do this, scoot over here. And followed it without question all those days. I would call that uh, intuition, but that's just me. He was very specific that it was a golden voice that he would hear. Interesting. I wonder if it told him to keep drinking. Oh, probably did. Oof. And uh, I wonder if it plays into um, Gary Oldman's depiction of him in this upcoming film, Churchill, which uh, we will have to go see. 
yes, we can only hope. Uh, we are off today to uh, fanboy a little bit about the flawed but amazing historical figure known as Winston Churchill, who famously and perhaps unknowingly to himself avoided death by chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, I was holding on to that reference for a while. That's good. I think there's like a, that's like a fancy like TGI Fridays style, uh, you know, molten lava chocolate cake. I think that's, that's, that's <laughs> Is that, that really that, No thing? death by chocolate. Absolutely. That exists as a thing. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite uh, delicious uh, treat, um, explosive or otherwise? Write us at Ridiculous at How Stuff Works and let us know. You can also find this on Facebook, on Instagram, still working on that vision board for Pinterest. It'll come one day, mm. um, but not today, my friends. And uh, we hope you join us on another day for another installment of Ridiculous History. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.